You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to Radical Australia. This is a special interview with uh, Vicky Abdullah. Uh, Vicky's in the middle of the uh, desert, the wind's howling. There are a lot of technical issues in terms of noise, but I encourage you to listen to the whole interview. It's an exceptional interview with an exceptional Australian. If she can sit under a tree in the middle of the, the desert, I'm sure you can spend an hour listening to this week's Radical Australia. Heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in a groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the Welcome to Radical Australia and Community Radio 3CR, streaming on 3cr.org.au. My name's Joseph Toscano, Kelly Whitworth's our producer, and we've got a wonderful guest at the end of the line. Now, that we are going to have some technical difficulties because we are here in Melbourne, and Vicky Abdullah is in West Australia. Hello, Vicky. Hello, how are you? Good. Look, it's very kind of you to get up so early to speak to us. Uh, it's about quarter to ten here, uh-huh. as in WA, yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Now, yeah. look, this is just a little chat between you and me. We we have two listeners to the program, so don't be frightened of talking, because nobody listens to it, so you'll be all right, OK? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, nobody doesn't listen to me, too. <laughs> oh, well, I'll be, I'll be all ears today, and I'm going to ask yeah. a f- few questions, and you, you do what you can. Now, yep. just to orientate our listeners, and we do we do have a lot of listeners around the country. Wh- yep. What what year were you born? Uh, Nineteen sixty nine. You're, you're a youngster, really. Sixty nine. Yep. Right. Were you born in West Australia? Yep. Ah, where in West Australia? Um, in Perth. I was a very premature baby. Right. Yep. How premature do you, do you know? About 26 weeks. 26 weeks, and you survived yep. in 1969. Yep. That's that's an incredibly tenacious human being. That's incredible. Yep. I mean, I'm a doctor. I've been a doctor since 1975. I've been on the planet a bit longer than you have. And for a, a prem baby to survive at 26 weeks in 1969, that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I assume you're in intensive care at Perth Hospital, were you? Uh, 
I was um, in King Edward Memorial Hospital, um, and um, I stayed in King Edward for nearly over a year. Right. Yep. And did it? Did you have to go back to hospital once you were discharged because you had ongoing problems? Yes, ongoing medical problems. Um, now, um, yeah, I really did, and. Being part, uh, grew up on uh, stations around uh, the northern goldfields of Leonora Linster. Yeah. Oh. Tell us about your mum. My mum, she was a very strong woman, um, always caring for her country, but she has a son. Um, it's about 12 years ago she has left us, and yeah, she was always looking after us and caring for country and that's, I think that's where I got it from. Right. Uh, yep. So what was her country? Um, her country is um, uh, um, group, um, uh, the Joel country, um, the Samuel Lake Miranda is that where our grandmother, grandfather, um, my mum actually. Right. Yeah, we we always protecting our country, um, doing a lot of stuff. Right. Against mining. Uh huh. Yep. So, where did the name Abdullah come from? Um, on my father's side, um, I've done a um, couple of years ago. I've done a um, family research on my father's side. Mhm. As they were Kamalias from Queensland, but originally came from India. Right, for the Punjab, I assume. Yeah. 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 So what, they came here at the end of the 19th century, about 1880s, or a bit earlier? Uh, I think so, because I just sort of had a quick look at it when right. I finally got all the research um, uh, got to me, and I just sort of had a quick glance of it. Yep. Yeah, because my... Father, he's um, originally from down south, so when you, um, um, you know, I was in Northern Territory, Alice Springs, and he's staying at this resort, and one of the ladies said, there's a book there yep. um, called W.A. Something Interest the Camellias, and it got mm-hmm. me thinking, shall I get it for, so, yeah, and I... Yeah, it was a very interesting period because they weren't allowed to bring any women across from Afghanistan or the Punjab and uh, yeah, yep. so they were mainly single young men who'd come, come here with their camels. Yep. Yeah. Did you... Is there anything you want to say about your dad? Um, dad, he um, he was a very strong working person too. And so he, when he um, him and his um, cousin, first cousin, um, left um, Bali, I think, uh-huh. um, somewhere there, and they drove out in a old Harley Davidson um, when they was about sixteen, seventeen, and they there they came to the goldfields and met their wives. Yep. And he sort of never went back. So he was very a strong person, working, driving mail trucks and all that. 
Right. Yeah, and all that there. Right, how about... And he passed on too, so... Right, right. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us their names? Um, my mum is uh, Adeline Tennessee and my father is Joseph Abdella. Abdella. Oh, excellent. Now, so what, did you go from station to station as a young girl? Yes. Um, yeah, because um, we stayed at um, Alban Downs and... And like Yakabindi, um, mm-hmm. that's where we've been staying and growing up on stations and see all my other families growing up. And it was very good experience mm-hmm. um, to be on stations just because you can learn and mm-hmm. whatever they do stuff on those stations. But I was a little girl when I left because in the 70s, I think, wow. that's when they closed all the stations down and getting people... Families and into Lee Laura. Right. Was that what that was that government policy, or did they just couldn't make a living? I think it might have been a government policy because there was a school out in Elvin Downs, and a lot of it was just to me it was just like a little community thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Did, did you have you got brothers and sisters? I do. Um, my oldest brother, he. Um, left us when he was 12 months old. Um, my oldest sister, she um, passed on, and I've got an older sister and an older brother than me and my baby sister. Right, right. Oh. So, did you get much um, traditional education, or was it mainly Western type? Um, yes, I did. Um, through my... Um, Grandparents, um, family, and they're learning how to um, track um, food and you know, tracking and and um, learning about our fish medicine, what we can and all that stuff. Right, so you could track me even now, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> if only you had a closer good phone and a GPS, I know where CRC office is. The office in Melbourne. Ah, have you been here? Yep. Oh, when did you come here? Oh, uh, I used to do a lot of travelling um, with um, with the uranium um, IMAC and all the other meetings and conference I've been to. But since COVID, right. Right. Um, yeah, so and the, the border is still closed over here. So yeah, yeah. you just use the U word, uranium. When did you get involved in that struggle? Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, I think about 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, and why? As, as I was growing up and hearing um, uranium around our country, up in the northern Gulf, it was like Hillary and that there. Yeah. Um, we had a camp, and cause I, actually I used to live in Waluna, and I see all these people walking and that there. And so where, what the hell is these bunch of people walking along, you know? Yep. With flags and whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we used to have the World Cultural Rangers um, walk about. Mm-hmm. And we do a 300-mile trek, camp, and walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's how I got involved. A 300-mile walk in the desert. Yeah. Yeah, 
How long would that take? Probably about a month. A month. Or nearly a month, yeah. What, and you do that, what, every year or something? Yeah, we used to do it every year, but like I said, since COVID and that, yeah. we haven't done it for a while. Yeah, why? Can I ask why? Why, um, yeah, we're trying to get as much as I can, um, because um, heading up to Eularia and that means, um, Right. We, yeah, and Yaleri is uh, one of the places um, we um wanting to stop the uranium out there. And just oh. last week on the 20th, so we have got really good news. What's that? Um, no mining or something out there. Right. And like Kintoy, there's no mine out there. Waluna, no mine. But one other mine is Mulga Rock. We mm-hmm. need to support. Um, the local people down in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, um, there's, um, we really need to support a lot of people that's been, um, um, they old people with um, mining, uh, the mining mob from, uh, the, uh, what you call it, the um, mm-hmm. Maralinga. Um, Maralinga, yeah. Yeah, and they entered, the old people entered the Waluna uh, and they set up, Waluna, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. um, Kalguni, um, one of the communities out there, and they sort of made a big camp out there. Um, right. Can't say that name properly, but That's it's so right. confusing. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. is it related to the Maralinga uh, disaster that happened to yep. Aboriginal people, the, 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 this this strong yeah, anti mining yeah, sentiment. Uh, yeah, the uh, Spinifex mob. Right, right. Yeah. So is, is this a general movement among Aboriginal people in the area or there are some that want uranium mining? Um, it's like it is a biggest movement um, like from people from South Australia and all around here WA and yep. Plus, um, like in Waluna, um, years ago, I was on a project um, with um, my cousin, and that's it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, uh, there was two people, there was the last nomads to um, walk into Waluna. Right, right. And it was a very big thing. Right. But that was a sort of emotional um, one mm-hmm. for the families that lived in Waluna. You remember what year that was? I think um, in the I think nineteen seventies. The last two elders um, came in from the bush. Right, right. And uh, they have they did have um, two sons, but only the one son is left. Um, I think it's the old son, or he's living still in Waluna. Right. And very controlled person he is. Right. How uh, what what's people's health like in that area? I think most of the people like I mean if I had my know, and um because you know old people they lived off the land and yep. do their hunting and sleep in caves or, or building their own little shelter mm-hmm. and move my move along and move to another camp, you know? Yep going around like that there, and, but 
I think most of the people just in the mainstream there, and like I said, um, we always go out bush and, you know, right. bush so, is a very healing place. So, so when you go out bush, I don't think most people would understand. What what does that mean? What does that mean in a practical sense for you and the people you're with? Um, like we say, we always like to go out back out of the country and stay, you know. Right. Because you get the nice sweet there and a lot of stuff is still out there. Right. But, yeah. So so these these are these these are would be areas your um, uh, the earlier people would you'd recognise these areas, would you? Um, yes, uh, right. because them old people they know how to find their food and they know every rock hole yep. and fresh water, mm. um, safe water, soaks and all of their rock holes. They always always have water. And do you think yeah. young young people from those families are still interested? Um, because um, Falina is a very strong community, um, and they have got people that goes out on country, look after country, care for country. Um, right. Yeah, and they always still look after the rock holes, clean it. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. And do a bit of hunting. Right. Do you do, do you do any hunting yourself? Um, hopefully sometime, but only when we go out on country. Um, every weekend I like to go and push this. Do work. Um, it's only weekends we go out bush. Right. So, so what type of bush food would you be looking for? Well, there's uh, seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, kangaroos are still out there, emus, um, goannas. And all like that there. So when is they hibernate right. during the wet season? Right. And the kangaroos sometimes you get to have It depends on how much rain you have. Right, right. How about um, the plant type of foods? Is there much out there? Um not really yeah, I think so because like the old people used to do, you know, there's some, like, uh, like a spinifex thing, and you can get all the seeds and just grind it, right. and that's, that right. will make flour. Right, right. Mm. Let's go back to your early childhood. Did you go to any of the uh, normal schools, or was it mainly just traditional learning? Um, when I was at the age of five or six, Seven, that's when we moved into Leonora uh-huh. and I went to schooling here in the Leonora um, Primary School mm-hmm. until um, I left high school to getting into the um, high school years and I had to move down to Kalgoorlie for my high um, doing my high schooling there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you? But it was a really good thing because every. Like my aunties and that there, and if my parents are working and that there, my aunties and uncles and nanas and papas used to take me out bush and for the weekend to give my parents a break. Right. <laughs> but I wasn't a rebel person. You weren't a rebel. Yeah. You weren't. You weren't a teenager without a cause. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so what happened when you finished high school? 
Um, I started my first job was um, at the Lena Old Supermarket uh-huh. and and one of the service stations here in Lenora. And um, that's when I started thinking, there's a big world out there I'd like to explore. Right. So, saved up a lot. Yeah. Um, and I thought I'd go up to the uh, Kimberleys and that there, so. Right. Make a fresh start and, you know. Well, but all the way from the Kimberleys down to the Pilgrim, down south and everything, I met a lot of families. Uh, so, yeah, it was very good. Right. How long did this last? This sounds quite a nice life you're leading. Um, well, it took me a long time. Right. And I think my first adventure out of WA is um, when I flew over to Cairns. Uh-huh. Um, I got selected by um, Etsic and start my education for well, that thing and to um, explore what other people are doing in their community. Mm-hmm. And I, it just felt so amazing to see what other people are doing in their communities. Mm. So did you, did you go to Yarrabah? I really don't know, I can't remember, it was that long time. Right, right. Did you go to the big Aboriginal community outside Cairns? Um, yes, I yeah. went to that opening. Yeah, really? Yep. That's a long time ago. I'm pretty familiar with Cairns because my late wife came from Cairns. For that, that oh, region. okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with it. She was a, a Torres Strait Islander, so, but they lived in Cairns. Yeah. 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 What did you think of Cairns after all that dryness you'd experienced as a young person? Oh, uh, it's very good. <laughs> I fell in love with Cairns and, yeah. Why would you fall in love with Cairns? I don't know, it's a different place to where we are. We all are dry people out here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. no rain and, yeah, you know, being over there in Cairns is a nice, beautiful forest thing. Yeah. And, and, and what, what did you learn about the other communities that you went to um, you went with ATSEC to have a look at? Um, it was very good, very interesting, um, like, I think we went out, when we got over to Cairns, we had a night in Cairns and had to, um, head down there in the four-wheel drives, um, looking at the communities, and it's really good to see how they run things out there, like the hospitals, schools, and a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm, Right. And uh, what did that lead to? Did you after you left Cairns? Did you go back to the the desert, or did you kind of uh, keep travelling? I kept on travelling. I went back to Kamanara and lived there, and and into Wyndham mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And um. And um. And it. And I just sort of felt thing. I was. I better go home. Mm-hmm. See my family. So I didn't have that time. Had any phones or anything? So yeah, going back home. And it's sad. It's one thing you um, pick up on a lot of language, you know, different languages. And I started talking uh, the Kimberley and Pilbara <laughs> language, and came back home, and I said, "You're not from there. You're from Goldfield. You've got to speak your own language." Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it took me a while to um, get back and learning my language. Yeah. So you actually forgot your language? Yes. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Uh, that's amazing. Yep. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's pretty normal, isn't it? Because if you don't talk, yep. you, you forget it. It's like anything else. It's like riding a bike or something like that. If you don't do it for a while, yep. but it comes back. So have you travelled outside of um, Queensland and, and West Australia? Um, I think I've um, got would love to go back, but Adelaide, uh, we're in Adelaide, um, that's the thing that I've been to your own. I've been to um, a lot of conferences, Adelaide, Melbourne, mainly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been to Sydney and Canberra yet. Oh, you haven't missed anything. <laughs> if, you've, if, you've been, if you've been to Melbourne, you, you, you haven't missed anything. Is that, do you remember? Oh, I just love that. I just love Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of 3CR? Very good. And um, I'll... I'll send on my condolences to uh, George Um That's a wonderful person. Yes, we have. We have. Yes. yes, it's a very heavy burden here at the station because um, Vivian was a, a, a very... She was a force of nature. She was a force of yep. nature. Because she, she was a West Australian. Did you know her in West Australia? Or? I've, I've never sort of met her in West Australia. Well, I went to Melbourne and I met her and, like, um, she was telling me, Lena had a good old yarn and, you know, the coffee and, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah, she was telling me, yeah. Right. yeah. So, so what type of um, conferences did you come to in Melbourne? Um, really about... Um, Oh, talk about uranium, um, and I got involved with IMAC and been um, with them young fellows, young little group, and, yeah. you know, just hearing what's happening over there and speaking with them and speaking mm. for the country. Um, so I've been learning over here, and, um, yeah, and it's really good. I actually picked up on a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. Can you share anything with us you picked up? Um, well, it's good eye, but um, it was very interesting, and, you know, we got a of me and a few elders, um, right. and, you know, and speaking, getting up and speaking about our country, and, you know, right. and they was the first, I know we was the first one people, but we have got looked out by them old people, right. them not old people, so the young people over there, and, you know making sure we um, didn't get arrested or whatever, you know. Don't, don't, and, tell, don't, um, don't tell me I'm talking to a jailbird here, am I? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Right. Don't want to go there. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody wants to go there. Yeah. I don't think anybody but, goes there because they want to go there. No, it was very interesting and um, um, learning a lot of things from those young people over there and, you know, so that's when, when I leave Melbourne, I think, all I think of that is young ones, you know. Yeah, well, that's the key, isn't it? You want you want things to continue after you're gone. That's, I, I feel the same way, you know. It's good to yep. come into the radio station or be involved in some campaign and there's young people there. It's always good to see that. 
Yes. Mm. So can I ask you a question? I don't know if you're going to be offended by this, but people talk about elders. What is an elder? Elder, I'm not going to be um, that elder is the person that look after these um, young people and, you know, people over 70 and, you know. Right. And we have not much elders left in our community here. Right. That is why people need to learn and listen and, you know, so they can carry on the tradition. Right. So, it's, it's, so basically an elder is somebody has reached a certain age but has all this knowledge that needs to yep. be passed on. Yeah, right. Yep. Well, do you think you'll become an elder? Um, hopefully, yes, but, um, yeah, it just depends. I know if you still go for another 10 or 20 years or so, but right. I, I did have a lot of health issues in the last year or so. Right couple of years and I just sort of backed down a bit on a lot of stuff, doing a lot of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just think about my health and just hopefully I'll get back on track soon. Yeah. Well, it's very hard with COVID-19. You've got to look after yes. your health in case you get you get sick. Cause, yeah, but, you know, premature baby at 26 weeks in 1969, I think you'll get to 100. <laughs> hopefully. Well, you know, you've, yeah. you've got your health battles <laughs> now, but uh, yep. what other health facilities are you using? Like, are they all right, or is it difficult um, getting help out there? I really don't like taking my tablets and there because of our bush medicine. What we do is, um, you know, we got some bush medicine trees and we make this drinking one mm-hmm. that'll clear all, you know... Um, like cancer, diabetes, you name it all, and with the rubbing one, mm-hmm. um, that that is a really healing thing too. Mm-hmm. So you use both medicines, do you, Western and traditional? Yep. Right. Yep. So who, who makes the traditional medicines? Are there special people who've got that knowledge and skill, I assume? No, I've got an older sister here. She goes out bush and mm-hmm. we just help her um, do it all. Right, so she's had the and knowledge. she learned. Mm. Yeah, she's um, she learned from our, the elders, the families, like our mother and mm-hmm. our grandmothers, and that there to see what plant we can get. Right. Yep. So, so are, are the Western medicines making you feel ill? Is that the reason you're not happy taking them, or? Yep. Right. What nausea and um, weak? And yeah. That, yeah. Sometimes I just. Just can't be bothered taking them because I know I've still got that bush medicine. Right. Yeah, the, the drinking one, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, could you describe? Are you still in the car? Or are you out of the car now? No, I'm sitting underneath a tree. Ah, beautiful. Could you describe to our listeners what you're looking at? I'm looking. Well, I've told Michaela I'm halfway to Waluna. I'm looking at a big mining dump. <laughs> It's not much it's fun. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can hear the... Is that, that's crows I'm hearing in the background? Or? Yep. Yeah, and a big mining dump. So there are dumps yep. all over the place, are there? Yep, from Lena to Waluna. Right. And uh, and where are you living currently? Um, based in Leonora. Could you, could you tell us something about Leonora? Leonora is a mining town too, um... 
Mines is popping up everywhere, and um, Lino is the richest uh, shire around, I think, in the Dolphins or around Australia. And mm-hmm. I guess, like every year, we have the Lino Golden Gift mm-hmm. um, in May, January, uh, June, sorry. Yep. And we get a lot of elite runners from over Melbourne, wherever, you know, around Australia ah. to compete in the run. This is a foot race. Foot race, yeah. Ah, that's interesting. It's a little bit like, um, what's the one in Victoria? The straw, stall gift here in Victoria. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a big foot race. I think it's about a $40,000 first prize, and it's, it's a handicap race, you know? Yep. Is the Leora Golden Gift, is that a handicap race or everybody starts? It is um, for the um, main big higher um, elite people, you know, the runners. And, but yeah. we get some local pe- young ones to compete with the other people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That gives everybody. Is there a bit of wind there, is there? Yeah. Oh, we can hear it. <laughs> So, what are your plans for the future? Obviously, health is number one, but after that, what do you hope to do when you feel better? Um, I think um, used to teach our um, young ones, you know, about our culture, um, mm-hmm. language, um, how to survive at the bush, and, you know, go hunting. Yep. And, yes. So how, how difficult would it be to learn your language? It is difficult for me because you've got, you, when you say a word, you have to, I don't know, get your tongue twisted a bit and right. there's a lot of silent letters in it. Right. Yeah, and you have to, <laughs> don't ask me to speak a language now because <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue yet <laughs> right. to say a word, you know, but... Maybe if I get over to Melbourne, I'll have you Have you been outside of Australia at any stage? No. No. Oh, maybe you should go to the United Nations, I reckon, if you're anti- uh, your struggle there. Um, I've got a few friends um, here in Perth there, the um, bump crew and, like, uh, Terry and Garlic uh, or KA and Marcus Atkinson, they always um, travel over to the US or somewhere. Do they? And because um, they do a lot of stuff out, on, out overseas and they tell me, you better get your passport, you better get your passport. And I said, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got Well, obviously you've got your birth certificate if you're in hospital for a year. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you should get your passport. You never know what's around the corner. You never know. Yep. I remember my uh, late wife, she went to Germany with a group of Central Australian women, uh, Aboriginal women. They went to Germany on a cultural exchange. Yeah, that was about, okay. yeah, about 20 years ago. Yeah, there was about 20 of them, believe it or not. Uh, mm. So there's always an opportunity where the trouble is without ATSEC these days, it's very difficult, isn't it? Yep. Uh, so, what type of Aboriginal organisations do you actually have in your part of the world? Um, we don't have any now. Um, 
but um, we have Goldfields Land and Sea, but that has closed down. Um, oh. Central Desert Native Title, um, they travel up from Perth and take a lot of people out, but yeah, they oh. do surveys and all that, they're caring for country, taking them out. Uh, for a week or so, two weeks maybe. Right. Is the tops, yeah. And do you have any Aboriginal controlled health centres or community centres out that area? I think the nearest one is probably the AML. Right. right. And, and, and are there any. Are you covered? Or just let the wind settle down. Are you covered by any land councils or...? Um, I think through the uh, dual um, Aboriginal Corp, but we do, but um, with uh, my family, um, our close-knit family, we go out on our own and, yeah. Right. And, and have you had any um, any kind of struggles to keep um, ownership of your land? With the... uh, we do at the moment. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, since this um, thing, a lot of people, you know, um, I don't know how to say it, but it's a lot of disagreement and all yes. like that Yeah. Well you're right. Look, even in Victoria there's this constant disputes regarding who who are the traditional owners here. Yeah. It's kind of a divide and rule mentality. That yeah, at the minute. So dividing a lot of families. So, do you have any any children yourself, or? Um, I do. I have four boys, three girls. Seven. Yep. <laughs> I assume they're all grown up now. Yeah, they all grown up. Yeah, and how many of them know their language? Um, but unless uh, we all get together and us family, we get, yeah, a small knit family around it, yeah, and uh, when we go out on country, we just sit down and, you know. Right. Yeah, and I do a bit of camping for the weekend, um, yeah. Right. So do all the, when the kids were younger, you, you, what, you took, you, you took them out on country all the time, did you, or? Yep, we take our uh, grannies there. Children, our grannies and great grandchildren. Right. Yeah, right. Take them out. And so, what? You just camp out, basically. Camp out, yes. And do you, do you, do you have to find water, or do you take your own water these days? Um. Well, obviously, when we find a well, our little, we got a nice little camping spot. Um, we go out. Sometimes we have to take our own water. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But if it's, if, it's, if it's a good way, we would just go and 
ever swim then, you know. Right. Well, so, so are the kids still in the area or have they, they've kind of moved on because they've got to get they, jobs and things? Yes. Yeah, they have moved on. Um, a few in Perth, few in Kilgoolie. Right. And are you a grandma yet? Yes, I have about fifty. Fifty. <laughs> I think I think I lost I think I lost track of how many grannies I got. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I had a friend once. He, he was in his eighties. I went. His, him and his wife were having the eightieth birthday party, and they had forty-five grandkids. And, he, and I said to him, wow. I said, Bert, how do you know? How do you know them? And he says, I don't. I just smile at them. <laughs> I assume you're reaching that stage now. <laughs> I would like to smile at my grannies, but I've got a missing tooth in the front. Uh, <laughs> a missing Ah, oh, look, all us old people have got missing teeth. If, if you ever come to Melbourne, you look in my mouth, you'll, you'll, it's just a disaster, I can tell you. And, and, and I'm not Indigenous, but you know, it's just uh, all us old people, we all got missing teeth. It's a badge of honour. So, have you got it? Once you're better, and this COVID nineteen business is kind of blown away in the next year or two, what are your plans for the future? I think I like to do getting um, over here for meetings, and you know, Melbourne is always. I always have got a soft, soft spot for me, and that, and I've met a lot of people, you know, over the years, and yeah. like Dave Sweeney. Um, He's been a really good person. Um, when I first met Dave, I had to fly over to Adelaide. Oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it was a VHB. Yeah, and I went as a uh, proxy. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon, and I, I, I reckon that if you let Michaela know you're coming to Melbourne, when you're better in a few years' time, I reckon I could twist a few arms in the Melbourne City Council and maybe get a special dinner organised by the council for you. What do you reckon? Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, maybe even the keys to the city, you never know. <laughs> you love us so it. much. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Michaela knows. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. She speaks very highly of you. Have you, had, have you been involved in... Uh, in um, um, activities with her, have you? Um, mainly when we get over to Melbourne, they want to put us up in hotels and motels, and then I said, no, I've met a lot of friends, so I'm always with Michaela all the time when I go over to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, she's a very good... And it's nice, it's very nice, and children having homemade meals, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's nothing worse than sitting in a hotel and then they drag you out to a meeting and then they say goodbye, you know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. why every time I go to Melbourne, I go, go over a week early. Ah, uh, for the socialising. Yeah, I don't blame, yep. I, I don't blame you. Um, have you spoken at any conference, any special meetings in Melbourne to tell people the situation you find yourself in, you and your people find yourself in? Yep, I do. Right. Um, yep. So. We do, um, I think a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, me and my auntie, we won, 
our vote and it was yeah it was the Australian Conservation Award. Ah right. Have you still got it? Yeah. I still got it. Right. What's it look like? Um very flash. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> it's glassy, that's why it's still in the box. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, all the dust around there, you wouldn't want to put it on display outside the box, would you? Yep. Uh, that is too precious for me to put up on my um, cupboard. Right. Uh, right. Yep. Well, look, you deserve it. If they gave it to you, obviously you deserve it. So, um, you're out on the road at the minute. Um, any particular reason or some family business? Um, Family business. Um, right. Just, I, I don't um, pr- heading, yeah. I don't want to pry. No, it's family. Yeah. Um, I think Michaela might have told you and Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's sad business. Yeah. yeah. So, when you say you're a close knit family, what does that mean? Does that mean children, grandchildren, aunties, uncles, or is it is bigger than that? No. It's Close-knit family, like our aunties and mm. the grandmother mm. and, you know, the children, mm. our kids, their kids, grannies and everything. It's just like a big, like a get-together. Right. So so when you, when you go bush, onto country, what, there'd be about 20 or 30 of you or a few hundred or...? No, around uh, about 20. 20, right. Yeah, right. just to make sure to get the kids out of... Um, town, you know, to um, learn their modes, to, um, yeah, to right. teach the young ones, you know, what, you drag, do a lot of cooking. Yeah, yeah. Well, you drag the rebels into the bush, do you? To yes, we've got a lot of rebels in the town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not, there's, not, there's not a lot for kids to do, is there, really? Mm. Yeah, so, and, and do you find that they get to an age where they think they're too big? To come to country, or um, you know, the bright lights lure them to the <coughs> cities and ca- like Algulia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of our children, um, there's no proper high school here in, in town. Um, we send them off to like boarding oh, right. places like down Esperance and into Perth. So, would you prefer it'd be nice to have a high school, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because you must... Oh, we do, but it's just a small little group, probably about 10, around about 10 kids. Right. So, so did, did your kids go to boarding school or...? Um, yes. Right. H- how hard is that? <laughs> how hard is that for you as a mother, seeing them go off to boarding school? Um... A bit emotional, but I'm um, clapping my hands right. at the same time. Yeah, we've seven kids. <laughs> Go and learn something, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. have, have any of them moved in any particular field of work, or have they all in the mining industries? No, um, my oldest son, he's um, oh no, my youngest son, sorry, he works for the Calgary Boulder Shire. Right. He's doing really good, yeah. Right. Um, the other rest, um, my daughters and oh, actually my second youngest daughter, she used to work up in the land, um, doing community liaison. 
Right. Wake up in one of the communities, but she, um, her permanent partner, um, finished her, she moved back to Kalgoorlie and she's working for the AMS there, but she wanted something different, um, so she started mining. Yeah. Driving dump trucks and water trucks and, but she's loving it, you know, and get trained up and, you know, she loves it. Yeah, well, she's got two little ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. As long as you, you can get some type of uh, work. So how, how have you survived over the years? Have you been doing different types of work apart from all your activity as a traditional yes, owner, um, as an activist? Um, well, I came back when I think and I started um, trying my best in mining, but mining wasn't my thing. And I got into health, um, being a um, female... Um, worker and that thing, but I've got that with um, conflicts of interest and, you know, right. seeing things, everybody talk about things, you know, and sitting up private stuff, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, um, but came back home for a while and I um, started um, running uh, our um, workplace, the, uh, uh, at another workplace um, with um, um, Wurrapunta over here and I started it uh, when, it, when we started so it's been running for 20 years so been a supervisor for 10 years and right. went on another holiday and sort of wanted to um, so I put my hand up I've done a bit of relief work for Centrelink uh-huh. and the lady um, she left work for DCP and then I took over her role as a sitting officer, agent officer, Ian Leonora. Right, right. That sounds like hard work. Oh, uh, it is sometimes. Yeah, it, it's got kind of got problems that you've got to solve that are insoluble sometimes. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, you've done, you've done exceptionally well. Look, I can't, I can't believe it. That, I still can't believe you were 26 weeks old. Yeah, well, if I come over to Melbourne and I'll meet you, you will see how short I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my youngest son, he, my youngest son, he was prim, but he was he wasn't twenty six week prim. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, 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 I sympathise with your poor mum and dad. I mean, it's uh, it's just terrible, really. And then to have seven kids on top of that, you've done you've done exceptional. You know, no wonder you like coming to Melbourne. You need a you need a, you need a bit of a holiday, I think. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> we just 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 hurry up this border open. I will be on the first flight. Well, you're welcome, and you will meet me, and uh, you can you can you can abuse me for uh, you know giving, no, you a I won't. Time, giving you a tough time. But if you come to Melbourne. <laughs> You give Michaela plenty of notice because I'm going to. Yep. Ha- I got. I know a number of people on the city council, Melbourne City Council. And I reckon we should organise something for you. I reckon. Yep. I reckon because um, you know you've you've made a remarkable contribution to things, and the fact that uh, although you're sick, you're still involved in the anti-uranium struggle, and you're still a uh, traditional owner, and we'll always be a traditional owner. But you know, teaching young people and doing all these things and, you know, it's not easy country to live in, is it? Yep. Yeah, I mean, Very hard. I, I was there, what, oh, about 10, 20 years ago 
at least 20 years ago, and, and so the heat is just unbearable. How do, you, how do you cope with all the wind and the heat and the, all that? Sometimes we, it's the heat, um, I just stay indoors. Mm-hmm. But it's, at the moment now it's nice and cool. So, do you, do you have any? Do you have much trouble with trachoma still in in the area, or is that kind of settled down these days? I think, yeah, I think it's settled down a bit, but yeah. Um, you know, we didn't have any sort of a good rain over here, and all we get is a bit dusty. Yeah. I, I remember in the seventies, I went down to Central Australia as a medical student, and uh, there was a lot of trachoma everywhere. Just it was just terrible, it really was. Yes. Yeah, well, it's good to see that that's one thing. And how about kids' hearing? Is that improved too with you know ear infections? It, it has, um, you know, but we do have like certain. Sometimes people if people have um, ear ear trouble and that. Then actually, my auntie she she worked with the help for many years, and she just only retired. The, um, community healthy, and she's the one who was um, doing the ear problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. Around the goldfields, and mainly she's lazy in uh, Leonora, and yeah, she's done a really good job. Well, she would have, because, you know, it really puts kids behind the eight ball when they can't hear properly because of recurrent ear infections. Yep. It's always been a big problem, not just in Aboriginal communities, but uh, in poorer communities around around the country you know it's, it's a huge issue look um vicky abdullah i cannot believe that we've almost filled up 54 minutes talking to you you're i was si- just looking at the time yeah. <laughs> yeah you only got two or three minutes here we are you're in the middle of the yeah. desert i'm in an air-conditioned studio with kelly whitworth the producer she's trying yep. to keep us on on track and here you are under a tree in the desert Involved in family business, we can hear the crows, the wind, the kids. You know, yep. people talking in language. It's uh, it's been an incredible pleasure to be able to talk to you for so long, and for you to make that time to share your life with um, people here at Free CR and listeners in Melbourne. Now, I don't know if you know much about podcasts. I'm sure your kids would. But this program is going to be podcast, which means it'll be available forever and ever. And yeah. uh, and uh, if you talk to Michaela, she'll tell you how to. Uh, yeah, she probably she will show me and everything. I think I might have to upgrade my phone. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But uh, I call her Saint. You know all this stuff and yeah. like Zoom and whatever you know. Yeah, but you know, can I give you my secret in life? Sur- what is that? Surround yourself with talented people. Get them to do the work for you. Yep. That's why I've got all these young ones here. <laughs> exactly. They know all about the technology and they, and they, and they will, yep. and they'll sort it all out. Well, Vicky Abdullah, it's been a pleasure to speak to a great Australian. Uh, this program will be broadcast here in 3CR on Invasion Day. And uh, it's yep. been a pleasure talking to you and thank you for sharing your experiences in your life with the listeners, not just in uh, Victoria, but the rest of Australia through the streaming service. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank you very much.
been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.